turned. We began to start, start feeling a little desperate. It was in the summer. It's in Tennessee, can you imagine? Like 80, 90 degrees. We're sweating. We hadn't had anything to drink. I mean, it got so bad. My wife saw a stream and she's like, I'm getting some water. I got a drink out of that. I'm like, are you crazy? You don't just drink water out of a stream. She's like, I can't help it. I need water. So she, she literally went down and scooped water out of the stream. She's just, and we're like in survival mode. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't very uh, uh, peaceful, if you know what I'm saying. And we're trying to figure out where we're going and how we're doing. And we keep running. We keep moving. Well, eventually we did. We found our way back. But I just want to share with you what made that experience a little bit more comforting was that we had each other. You know, I don't know if you've ever felt lost or, or been in a struggle, but we had each other. And it wasn't an easy time. It was a scary moment. Uh, we didn't know how it was going to turn out. But we had the comfort of being together. And during this time, I want to encourage you, stay together. Let's stay connected. This is what the church is all about. This is a troubling time. This is a, it's just an unreal time. We never saw these kinds of things coming. But you know what? We are better together and we need each other and we're going to make it. We're going to make it together. You know, we're living in unprecedented times. The political divide and strife in our country is an all-time high, at least during my lifetime. The current global epidemic or pandemic and epidemic, whatever it's called now, is the first in our nation's history in which we've seen all of our schools close down, so many of our businesses closing doors. The stock market crash, at least last Monday, was down 34%. It's one of the worst in our history. And there's some things happening in our lifetime I never thought I would ever see. I mean, I, I never imagined that we would be asked to stay in our homes for three weeks here in Michigan, that our kids would be at home with us. I, I just, I never imagined I would see a grocery store with shelves empty and people panicking and trying to get stuff like that, you know. I never imagined seeing the NBA and the NHL and the PGA and all of our major sports absolutely stopped in their tracks. Uh, I never imagined these kinds of things would happen. And we can, we can get all caught up in the fear and in, in all the turmoil. But I want to give you a message today that Jesus says, listen, you're going to have trouble in this world, but take heart, be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. Why as Christians can we stand here together and reassure each other that we should not be afraid? When we're losing jobs, when our economy is crashing, when all of our normal patterns are disrupted, how can we look at each other in the eye and say, have no fear. Hey, chill out. Hey, be at peace. Hey, it's going to be okay. How can we do that? Well, it's because we have something called a Christian worldview or a biblical worldview. And I want to share a couple of points with you about that. Our faith is in Jesus and in the Bible, the scriptures. We believe that what the Bible says is going to happen and that Jesus is the Messiah and what he told us is true. And we've read the end of the book. We've read the end of the book and, and we know how it ends. And that's how we know how, uh, if we know how the story ends, that's where our faith is that the best is yet to come for us as believers. By the way, here's a quick trivia question. Let's see who the first one is to answer this question online. Ready? What is the last word in your Bible? Quick, type it in. See who's get it, who gets it first. Maybe I'll send you a prize this week, okay? What's the last word in your Bible? Here comes the answer. The answer is, you got it. Amen. 
Amen is a Hebrew word. It means I agree or it means so be it. How many of you think that's a great way to end the Bible? You read it, read it, read it, and then you say amen. Do you believe it? I believe it. Do you say yes, let it be? Yes, let it be. Let the kingdom of God come. Let the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven and it's going to be. So there's four short statements I want to make and then explain those a little bit in today's message. Number one, Here's a biblical perspective. Number one, we are not to be surprised that there's trouble in our world. Number two, we are not to be dismayed, afraid, or filled with fear when there is trouble. Number three, our purpose as believers has not changed or been delayed or sidelined due to trouble. In fact, it's rather been heightened, heightened. And number four, our God is still large and in charge, right? He's bigger than the problem. He is going to have his way. He is in charge, and we give a big amen to that one. So my good news for you today is that we're in this together, and even though it looks grim, even though we don't know exactly what the outcome will be, I can tell you this, we're going to be okay. No, you know what? We're going to be better than okay. We know that God is for us, and he's with us. Let's talk about these four points real quick. Number one. We're not to be surprised. Of course we're surprised by the quick progression of the circumstances we're surrounded with right now. I'm not talking about that kind of surprise. But we ought not to be surprised that there's trouble in our world. There's a passage of scripture that um, I want to get to in a second. But listen to the words of Jesus one more time. John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In me you'll have peace. Now, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is like a dentist, you know? Have you ever been to the dentist and you're freaking out about, you know, I got to get a filling or something? I remember the first time I ever had to go and get a filling from the dentist. I was really little. I got soft teeth. And I was freaking out. But the dentist took time to kind of explain, hey, here's what's going to happen. It wasn't going to be pleasant, but at least I knew what was coming. And I had a little bit of comfort to know, hey, I was going to be okay, all right? But Jesus is saying, look, there is going to be trouble. But he sandwiches that trouble with two amazing things. First of all, he says, you can have peace. There's going to be trouble. And I've overcome the world. So be encouraged. Take heart. I'm with you. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Okay? Now, here's the verse I want to share with you. It's very interesting. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 26 to 29, I want to read this to you. And his voice shook the earth then. But now he has promised, talking about God, but now God has promised saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yes, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, that's who we are, let us show gratitude by which we offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. God, what that means is God is a jealous God. You know what he wants? He wants all of you, all of your heart. And he will consume anything and everything that's not of him. And there's three things we learn from this passage. Number one, God is going to allow a shaking to take place. Now listen, this is not from God. Sickness is not from God. Death is not from God. Fear is not from God. 
But as I mentioned during our worship time, not everything that happens is good. But God turns all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God uses everything to march his purposes forward. And so this is not God striking us with sickness, but God uses our sin. He uses the fallenness of our world. Everything is raw material in the hands of God to march his purposes forward. And he says there will be a shaking, okay? Number two, the shaking will accomplish the removal of the things of man, of created things, of man's stuff. Everything that's of man will be shaken and will collapse. And number three, the only thing to survive the shaking is going to be the things of God. Let me say very clearly, God is going to allow shaking to take place. The purpose of the shaking is to collapse the things of man so that only the things of God remain. Now, I want to give you a little illustration. I don't know if our camera can, can follow this or not, but I coach track. And in track, um, you know, there is a warning when your event is about to start. And so they do a third call, they do a second call, they do a first call, and then, uh, then if you're like in a sprint race, they will give you a line assignment, a lane assignment, and then, then they will call you up to the line, and then the starter has three commands. And he'll say, runners, take your mark. If I was a sprinter, I would get down like this into my blocks. I put my hands up near the line. Can you see this? All right, sorry. Moving our camera a little bit. And this is take your marks. Okay, and then the gun, the, the, the starter would say, runner set, and then people go up like this. And then there's a third command, and it's the gun. The gun goes off, and the race begins, and people take off. Let me ask you a question. What things do you think you should be clinging to? The things of man or the things of God? And there is a time that's coming. All the things of man will finally be collapsed and only the things of God will remain in us and in our lives. And it's almost like there is this progression and this right now is probably just a tremor. You know, uh, years ago I was in California, I was in the fifth story of a building when there was an earthquake and all of a sudden our, our glasses of water, we started seeing the water go like this and I didn't know what was going on. I'd never been in something like that before and all of a sudden the water is vibrating and someone said, there's a, there's a tremor. It's an earthquake. I'm like, whoa, this is wild. And everything felt unsteady. I don't think that this is like the final shaking. I don't think our world is about to end. But the Bible does say that there's a time that's coming. There is a tremor brewing. And then there's a shaking that's taking place. And just like an earthquake, there's lots of tremors. But then suddenly, there's a tectonic plate shift. And things begin to shake so violently that they what? They just collapse. So this is no surprise that there's trouble in our world. The Christian biblical view is that this world is passing away. All the things of man are passing away. I don't know if this is first call, second call, third call. I don't know if it's runners take your mark. I don't know if the pistol's up and the starter says runners set. But I do know this. There's going to be a time when not a gun goes off, 
but a trumpet blast from heaven goes off. And it's going to be go time, baby. And what we see here is all going to be passed away. And we are going to meet Jesus in the air. And we are going to be with him forever. You hear what I'm saying? And so this is the hope of the Christian view that we know the best is yet to come. We're not clinging to this world. We're not all nervous about losing stuff or temporary uh, trouble that we're having. We know that we are in the secure hands of God and all eternity of paradise awaits us. Can I get an amen and a hallelujah? Listen, we got to lift our eyes towards the big picture of what God is doing. He is for us. He's not against us. And he wants to save every single soul. And he has relented to this point in hopes that more and more children will return to him. And that's our view. The second point I want to make for you is that we are not to be afraid, dismayed, or filled with fear. You see, God is bigger than our sin. God is bigger than my mistakes. God is bigger than the devil. God is bigger than this fallen world. God's plans are marching forward. We have no fear. We are in the secure hands of God. I just want to give you two promises of God here that you can hold on to this week. Write these down. Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. God is speaking and he says this. So do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Five times God says, I got you. I got you. I got you. His favor surrounds you. His presence is with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Hey, you can have peace in me. Take heart. Be encouraged because I have overcome the world. What's he saying? He's saying, so are you going to as you follow me. As you stay in me, you will be an overcomer too. Can I get an amen? Come on. That's who we are. We're the sons and daughters of God. Yeah, baby. That's who we are. That's who he is. He is a champion. And he's invited us into the champion's chariot to triumph in this life and, of course, in the one to come. The other verse I want to give you is a simple one. I want to ask you to type in the, the second half of this verse because I bet you you know it. Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, type it in. Who can be against us? Just think about that. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's encouraging. All right, my third point is this. Our purpose has not been changed or delayed. Rather, it has been heightened. Listen to this. When trouble falls, the church rises. When trouble falls, the church rises. This is who we are. We are the light in this world, Jesus said. And it's time to shine. When darkness increases, the light shines brighter. We have a message of hope. We have the words of truth. We have the presence of God. God is for us. Who can be against us? It is for moments like this that the church is here to reach out to people who are lost and hurting and to give them hope, to give them a tangible message that will change their lives forever, reuniting them with God, their creator. I want to just share with you God's clear purpose in 2 Peter 3.9. It's written, the Lord is not slow about his promise. Now, what's that talking about? About his promise to return. Peter's saying, hey, Jesus isn't like slow in coming and fulfilling his return here. There's a purpose to what's going on, as some count slowness. 
but he is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. I don't know when God's going to come back. Like I said, I don't know if Jesus is in the starting blocks. I don't know if God said, okay, Jesus, get ready. You know, take your mark. I don't know if God says, right now, if he's saying, Jesus, get set. But there's a moment when the trumpet's going to blow and Jesus is going to burst out of the blocks of heaven and he's going to show up. Now that day is going to be glorious for all who are believers. But it's not going to be such a good day for those who are still dead in their sin. And God doesn't want to do that hastily. We know in the providence of God, in the wisdom of God, he will come at just the right time, just like he came the first time. The Bible said at just the right time, God sent his son to demonstrate his love for us by giving his life for us. And at just the right time, he will return. The reason he's not here yet is because there's more children he wants to rescue. And he rescues his children through his children. God is in you and God's called you to reach out with the hope that is in you to share that with those around you. That's why it's important for us to continue to use these moments right now to even share live streaming opportunities like this with our friends and our social network that some might tune in, some might see, some might hear, and some might respond and get saved. That's the call of the church. We are his witnesses. And the clock is ticking. And they say that the clock is ticking right now on this virus. We see in the last couple of days a spiking of deaths, a spiking of cases right here in our own nation. They say there's a peak coming very shortly, very quickly. And people can get really nervous and scared about that. But, but I want to share another perspective with you. What about the eternity clock that's ticking? Listen, I am not at all trying to downplay the importance of us and this moment in our physical well-being and this, this uh, epidemic that's going on around the globe. I'm not downplaying the seriousness of that or the people that are suffering or the concerns that we have about our physical well-being. Not at all. But I do want you to look above it for a second with me. I want you to look at things from God's perspective. And if we could see the spiritual condition of humanity right now, if we could see with spiritual eyes like God sees where each person is spiritually, whether they are saved and forgiven of their sins and they have eternal life in them, or whether they're still dead in their sins because they haven't placed faith in Jesus, if we could see that and we would understand that there's a clock ticking too for our eternal destiny, then the church would begin to awaken and see beyond the temporary and understand there's something bigger going on. And God wants to leverage everything in our world to accomplish the saving of people's eternal lives. I don't know where you are right now with God. I know there's a lot of people watching right now. And if you're watching this and you're not sure where you are with God, I want to encourage you to pray with me today to make Jesus the Lord of your life. God loves you. He died for you. He came for you. And he's coming back for you if you place your faith in him. Forgiveness of sins is made possible not because you deserve it or you earned it or you want it or you've done something special for it, but because God himself has paid for it for you. 
And today, you can get right with God right now. The Bible says, interestingly, today is the day of salvation. It's not yesterday. It's not tomorrow. It's right now. Right now, in this moment, between you and God, you can receive him and the forgiveness of your sins. You don't have to be in a church building. Some of you are watching, obviously, at home or in the living room or kitchen or, or maybe you just walked in your bathroom for a minute with your phone or something. I don't care where you are. If you're in your backyard, right now you can be saved if you call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm, I'm a whosoever. I'm a whosoever called on the name of the Lord. How about you? Listen, if you're right, ready to get right with God, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. To give your heart to Jesus to receive the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the invitation to be in the family of God and on, his, on the winning team. Okay, if that's in your heart, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you by faith right now into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. Set me free from the sin that has plagued me and heal my heart and fill me with your love and fill me with your presence so I can live this life the way you called me to live it. For your glory and for your honor, I'm all yours. Thank you for loving me. I pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I want to welcome you to the family of God if you just prayed that prayer. Welcome to the family of God. Jesus said, you just crossed over from death to life. And now I got good news for you, and I got good news for all the family of God right now. My fourth point and my final point here of this message is that God is still large and in charge. Amen? He is bigger than the battle. He has the final word. Take heart, Jesus says, for I have overcome the world. A couple of verses, Job 42.2 says this, I know that you can do all things, God. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Do you believe that? No purpose can thwart, no power can thwart God's plans. God is in control. He's large and in charge. Isaiah 46.10 says this, God is speaking. He says, I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. Hasn't he revealed his plan to us in the word? Haven't we read the book? Don't we see it unfolding? God says, I've revealed my plan from ancient times what is still to come. And I say, my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. If God is for us, who can be against us? His plan is marching forward. Nothing surprises God. He's seen the end and the beginning. He's seen it all in between. And he is using all things to bring people back home to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So take heart. Be encouraged. Everything's okay. We're on track. The best is yet to come. Trust in him. Walk in that peace. Walk in that victory. I want to end this by reminding you of our future. It's a great passage of scripture I want to close with out of Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, 
and he will dwell with them. Then they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's all gone. He who was seated on the throne, this is Jesus, he said this, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, to John, who has seen this revelation, he said, Jesus said, it is done. Have you heard those words before? It is finished. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious, listen to this, those who are overcomers will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Hallelujah. That is what's coming for us as believers. Let's grab as many as we can and bring them into the family of God and let that be their story as well. I want to end by just challenging you to a call of action today. As the church rises in the midst of the fallenness of this world, as we rise together, I want to challenge you to pray to God to use you to reach the lost around you, to reach out. And I want to applaud all the people who have been calling, encouraging, and praying for one another. I want to call everybody here who's watching this right now. I want to call you to action right now, today, before you go to bed. Call somebody that comes to your mind, maybe an elderly person or someone else. Call them, find out how they're doing, pray for them, and encourage them. Spread the take heart message with them. Encourage them and build them up. Especially those who are lost in your circle of influence. Throw out invitations to bring them in to the family of God. God's going to use you. God's going to use you to, to help somebody else come to know him. That's an awesome, awesome uh, part of our journey is allowing God to take our life, broken as it is, but he's putting it together to also be a blessing to somebody else. May you be blessed and be a blessing this week. I want to tell you, Lamb of God family, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for our journey together. We're in this together. We don't know how everything's going to go, but we know we got each other, and we know we got the Lord at the center. Our eyes are fixed on him. Our hope is in him. And you are blessed, and now be a blessing. Let me pray a blessing for you, and then we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll keep this rolling with some trivia. To all the children out there, I uh, want you to participate. Try to answer these questions, and uh, try to put your answers in the in the. Uh, Comments below, and then Ryan's coming. He is super pumped today to share a great message with you. But let me pray this blessing upon you. If you're there, lift your hands towards heaven to receive the blessing of the Lord. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Shalom, Jesus that you will lack nothing and nothing will be broken in your life. That the inheritance of the children of God, the covenant promises of God, will be a part of your experience today, 
and this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Hang around for Ryan. He'll be here in just a few minutes.